Hey, podcast listeners, we're back from fall break in this Friday night. CHS plays Rossview over at CHS, 7 p.m. Get your ticket now. They are limited. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be an absolute riot. We don't talk about that at all on the podcast. That's why I'm mentioning it now. But I think you'll enjoy the podcast today. Grant Lauda, Clam Chowda, and I give it to you straight. Enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at real life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Grant Lauda. Howdy. Howdy. Good morning. Hey, man. Hey, I like your glasses. Thank you. They are fake blue light glasses. So really? Do you wear not... contacts? Nope. Really? Nope. <laughs> so you I was working so and hip. I just left them on because <laughs> I don't even know if they help. Blue light like glasses. Blue light glasses. Supposed to keep the sun out of your eyes? Yeah, like the glare from the LED screen since D- I work. DJ Daniel Cox is shaking his head saying yes. They work? Okay. Yeah. Well, Listen, then. if the podcast sounds a little clearer this morning, it's because DJ Daniel Cox has been setting up our space to be beautiful yes you got some sound treatment going on in the study and um you might not even hear the the rooster out there Mm. yeah the foam absorbs everything yeah it's awesome in here big thanks to dj daniel cox he's got us set up with some new stuff here feeling good looking good how you doing man i'm good fall break is uh not fun when you're no longer in school, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, are your kids in school of any kind? Uh, well, Rebecca is at Parents Day Out at Sango United Methodist Church yes. just down the road. Yes. So that's Tuesdays and Thursdays from yes. nine to two. Yeah. So when we have weeks where that's not happening, <laughs> both Lauren and I working uh-huh. and trying to take care of kids from home, it, it's it, like the reverse. It can get chaotic. It's the yeah, reverse. yeah, it's like I'm like. Yeah. So it's not a break. It's actually no. Now it's like fall work. The kids are back. Yeah, in so, your lap, right? So yeah, it was good. We didn't, and that's where I started thinking. I was like, we need to start looking ahead. Like whenever their spring break is, like we need to actually like I'm going to take off work and like let's <laughs> either do something, right? Um, right. And, and kind of plan that. So I'm not trying to figure it out. Work yeah. and handle kids all and of all things. of all of that. So yeah, but it was good. We went to. Um, I always forget the name of the place. Honeysuckle, Honeysuckle. Farm. Yeah, we went to Honeysuckle. Lauren's pictures were hilarious. Dude, Sarah just like, <laughs> she was like planking on that blob thing that, that you was can jump best. on. I was just like, what Everybody that's happening? been to Honeysuckle Farms knows exactly what you're yeah. talking about, the giant blob. And Rebecca was like, didn't want to do it. We went a year ago and Rebecca loved it. She went this time, did not really get on the blob. Um. Until, Had you been there before? You said you did. Yeah, we went there last year. Um, and so it was fun. It was, uh, we had some friends of ours from um, just some relationships that we've built since being here come with us, some college students. And so sweet, sweet. it was a blast. Yeah. But yeah, the working Monday through Friday was stressful. Yeah. Well, I loved fall break. Uh, took Lily to New York. Yeah. It was I, fantastic. So I need to get an update from Lily because that's where we're going after Thanksgiving yeah. is, is fall is uh, New York City. So how was that? It was so great. Here's a special treat for us. Um, we have a, I have a lifelong friend that I kind of grew up with that actually um, 
was actually Miss America one year. Oh, wow. And, um, and, and that kind of launched her into um, a career where she's on television all the time. She works for ET. Okay, I saw that. I was like, what can Rachel I, Smith is that, her name. Okay. Um, Rachel's mom is a real lifer. Okay. So awesome. I had the privilege of, of officiating Rachel and her husband, Mike's wedding a couple of years ago. Anyways, she's like the most genuine, kind, awesome person. Mm. And um, so, gosh, I think I pinged her the morning, like as we're driving into the city, maybe. Wow. Maybe it was earlier that morning in the airport and just said, hey, we'll be in the city. Any chance? We can pop in and say hello. And she gave us the greatest little tour of her office space and showed us where they, you know, she does all her interviews and yeah. And we're so proud of her, but it was a really cool treat for Lily to get to see this strong woman mm. working in a secular environment, you know. Um and um yeah, so that was super fun. That kind of kicked our time off. Like we got there, we hit Central Park, and then we just kind of wrapped back around and visited um with Rachel. And then an elder in our church in New York that a pastor up there called Gallery Church. Okay. I joined this church planting team about two years into this plant. And then in 2010 became their lead pastor, Gallery Church in Manhattan. And amazingly, they made it through COVID. COVID like like killed so many churches in New York. Anyways, one of the elders, he's been, gosh, he's been in New York City for I mean, probably 15 years now. Mm. Um, his wife, she's awesome. Broadway actress. Anyways. He works at NBC uh, at 30 Rock in the oh. 30 Rock building and um, at Rockefeller Center. Yeah, I only know it from the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock, yeah, yeah. There you go, right. And uh, so we met up with him, and he gave us a nice little tour of his nice. you know, space. And I'd, when we were there, I'd met up with him a couple times, but it never really gotten the tour, so to speak. Were people ice skating at this point? Not yet. They were building it out. Building they're, it out. Yeah, they were building so it out. So it'll be ready when we go. There may be ice right now. Let's go. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be... Yeah, the city will be totally ready for you. Anyways, man, we had a great time. The weather was perfect. Um, Lily was the best travel buddy in New yeah. York. You know, and so she she wasn't like giggly girly mm-hmm. like about things. I think she was like taking it all in the fact that she lived her first five years of life. So I think she was like processing everything that she saw going, what would life be like for me now if I yeah. lived here, you know, and she crushed it. It was awesome. Yeah. Is there like a, do you think there's like a, a desire to maybe like go do the city? You mentioned like the, you know, strong woman in a secular workforce. Is that, do you think that's maybe a desire of hers of like, man, I just want to be, cause Lauren and I constantly talk about that. Um, and she reads a lot of Tim Keller. I am a terrible reader. Shake um, it off. Shake it off. I focus all Shut my energy. Up. I'm like, I just need to read the Bible. The fact that I can well, read my Bible. God did give us a book, Grant. He did, and that I read it. <laughs> I read that one, but God anything outside of it, I'm yeah. like, I just, I wish I could. But yeah, do you listen to podcasts? I don't. Yeah. Do, I, do you watch YouTube videos? I do. Yeah, there it is. So I, is. I watch YouTube videos. Uh, You're not just a read my Bible and sit on the couch. You're a read my Bible, watch YouTube. And yeah, yeah. That couch. wasn't to sound like all I do is read my Bible. No, it's like the energy that it takes for me to like I'm sit tracking. down. It's it's all. Like, I feel your pain yeah. because I'm a very slow reader. Very slow. It's like I savor it like I'm sipping a latte. Mm. And, um, and, and when I was in seminary, it kind of ruined it for me because I learned that the majority of the times when someone submits their book proposal to the publisher, oftentimes the publisher will tell them, hey, we need 75 more pages. Interesting. 
Are you kidding me? 75 more pages. You know, we need 35 more pages. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? It's like, like, like here's my meat. Here's my meat and yeah. potatoes in this book. And they're like, yeah, you need to fluff it up need a little more. bit. Yeah. yeah. So now when I'm reading books, I'm like, what percentage of this yeah, is this is the fluff, fluff chapter, you know? <laughs> anyway, so I like, I'm usually reading three or four books at a time and don't finish any of them. Yeah. You know, it's just the way I, you know, um, I, I want to share with you, you were asking about Lily uh, and if she aspires to that, you know, to. Yeah. So I didn't realize this, but Lily has an actual list. She doesn't call it a bucket list, but it is a bucket list, but she doesn't call it a bucket list because okay. she doesn't like calling it a bucket list, but she's got her list. It, the phrase is for when you kick the bucket, right? I don't know. Yes. When you kick the bucket yeah, like as you, you die. Before. Before you, you right. die. Here's the yeah, thing. Obviously, right. yeah. Right. So it's so she's got it on a note, like an iCloud note okay. on, her, on a note app. And she's got it like where she can like check it that it's done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I didn't know until we're literally on our trip that she has a list. Oh. And I'm like, would you send me your list? Like we're headed to Chinatown and she tells me that it's on, it's on her list. And I said, what list? And she says, I have a list of all the things I want to do. And she starts rattling off all these things that she yeah. wants to do. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Maybe. Okay. Try to surf, shoot a gun, eat dragon fruit, which is checked off parasailing, ride an elephant, go to a Broadway show. Had I known, go to a Broadway so show. No. To, no. Had I known that was on her <laughs> list, I was like, Lily, yeah. I didn't know you wanted to go to a Broadway show. Like you know? 60% like, of these are New York City stuff. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, light lanterns and let them go. Go okay. to the Eiffel Tower. Learn how to ski. So to any young man that is interested in my daughter, beware. Yeah, This is in her heart, and you better... Make she said try banker. surfing, and she said learn how to ski. Those are two different, so maybe just try surfing once. I'm f- not sure that she was, you but, know, as analytical about it okay, as so you yeah, are, yeah, right? Yeah. But, you know. Learn, yeah, yeah, But But you could you could jockey with her on that a little bit. Yeah. All right, get some really cute pictures at the beach. That's checked off. <laughs> learn how to golf. Lily, okay. my daughter. Snowboard. Go to the Coliseum. Go to Greece and tour the city. Ride real fast on a horse. Go in a hot air balloon with someone. Go to the Statue of Liberty. And now it's checked off, and now she's got in parentheses again. Oh, okay, so, again. So, yep. Make sushi. She wants to make her own sushi. Make a blanket with someone. Make macaroons successfully. She's tried okay. it unsuccessfully. Go and swim with the sharks. Go swimming with what? the dolphins. Why? Uh, what? I, you know, you, sharks? You need what? to have a conversation and get to the bottom of, of why. Go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Go to Chinatown in New York. Hey, we did that. Check. Deep sea fishing. Come on, Lily. Skydiving. Uh... Parker, brother, and you made a promise that when he turns 18, y'all will go together. Oh, okay. That's evidently. That's okay. Play a song on the guitar, sit in a high mountain, and just appreciate the view. Okay. That's all I got from her list, but pretty. My gal knows what she wants to do, right? She's got big dreams. So, anyways, yeah, we had had an awesome time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. As a family, we camped out one on Friday night, pitched the tents. Me and the boys went and set the tents up. I built a fire. Chad Hendricks, uh, Real lifer gave me some fire starter. It mm-hmm. looked like a big bag of hamster. Yeah, shavings. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire started right up. It was awesome. Felt like a Boy Scout. Are you a Boy Scout if you're no. using fire starter oh, though? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still felt <laughs> like a Boy Scout. That doesn't seem. I, I have no shame. Like I feel like guys take pride in like I'm going to start and like build this fire how you're supposed to. I'm like I just give me gasoline. Yeah. I'm going to start this puppy. So. I have a drift toward let's go to an urban city and stay in a hotel and sip at the coffee shops and go to the bookstores yeah. and maybe go see a sports game. Like yeah. that's where I lean toward, okay. but I have a, an amazing appreciation for 
let's build a fire and let's open our hearts and let's talk till yeah. midnight and let's roast a hot dog. And I'm just not good at setting it all up. Yeah. And, I, and we set it up. And it yeah. Was great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. So I hope we'll do it again. We'll see. A bucket list or not bucket list. Sorry. I'm just still thinking about all about those. About Lily's list. Are, yeah. I don't have one. I don't think I've ever made one. So I think that's something I maybe need to do. There you go. Create one. Yeah. Um, not swimming with the sharks though. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I was asking about, I feel like I'm always chewing on this. I just, you know, as a, f- a father with two daughters and who knows how many more of just, and I'd be curious your thoughts. Eight. As, uh, eight kids? Eight more. That's how many we need? I don't know. <laughs> so 10 total. I mean, you said you didn't know. I just thought I'd help you with it. Okay, so we'll pray on that. Um, but like you're in full-time ministry, like your vocational ministry. And so when you have, when you look at your kids and like the desires of your heart as like a full-time pastor, yeah. like, man, I would love for Lily to like, just, and I think Tim Keller talks a lot about that of like Christians who are sold out for Christ in the marketplace mm-hmm. in the secular mm-hmm. workforce. So I didn't know if you had him like, man, I would love to see Lily just, just confident in her relationship with Christ and just just killing it in the secular force, just being the salt and light in that space. Or like, man, it'd be cool if she worked at a church for her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any particular vocational aspirations for my kids. Um, I want them to find what they like, what they're good at and do it to the glory of God. Um, You know, uh, certainly there's some vocations that serve the common good more than others. Um, But all of work uh, can be sacred. Mm -hmm. You know, God put Adam and Eve in the garden to work. So, you know, in some churches or in some Christian cultures, there might be this unhelpful divide of vocational ministry is is more sacred than yeah. regular work. I think that's unhelpful. I think that's unbiblical. Um, and and yet, um, I, I don't think we should in any way diminish. You know, it's like the Apostle Paul in Acts twenty twenty four said, "You know, I do not account my life of any value, but only mm-hmm. that I may, you know, uh, fulfill the calling to to testify to God's grace." Right, and so. But even Paul had seasons where he was tent making, right? Like, so he's working yeah. so that he could preach the gospel and not be a burden to the churches, you know? So, but to answer your question, I don't have any, it, it's interesting. Lily has, Lily has um, expressed a call to ministry. I don't know if mm-hmm. I told you that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So a couple of years ago at Disciple Now, she responded during the response time, wow. said, I believe God's calling me to ministry. Yeah. Um, but what I love is that she's been able to see women in our church serve the church in part-time ministry roles and do other things. Yeah. So I feel like Lily has kind of a healthy, diverse perspective of what her calling, what it could look like in terms of serving the church. But I do think that she will, um, I do think that she will vocationally actually serve the church. At, yeah. Like as an expression of this calling she senses, mm. it was wild, man. We were out on our trip. We were actually talking about recruiting volunteers. Mm. And, um, and I was just asking her about it and, and her, her response is so amazing. She's like, oh yeah, it'd be easy. You know? And I was like, well, tell me more, you know, like, <laughs> please well, well, be easy about it, you know? And, and so you just see, you know, God's gifting in her mm. in beautiful ways because a lot of leaders do not find recruiting volunteers easy. Yeah. And my 14 year old daughter's like, oh yeah, everybody ought to be serving the Lord and, you know, if you get if you get the teenager to serve, and then you get their mom to serve with them, and you know, like, mm. yeah, why would you not want to give an hour? And she's just rattling it off. She's like building the case. It's, yeah. She's like recruiting me. You know, yeah. I'm like Lily, where do you want me to serve? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. And um, so look out, church. Like we might empower Lily pretty wow. pretty soon to 
to be on the volunteer recruitment. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Sunday night brain dump. Let's go to it. Yeah. Did you take a week off? You took a week off, right? Yeah, Fall yeah. break. I mean, yep. not because I really wanted to, but yeah. Yeah. Took a week off. Yeah. I have, I'm always curious. I, I did a it, wedding last, the Sunday night before that. That's right. Did a wedding and then our flight left at 6 a.m. Okay. Understood. Yeah, I, make, I make up cuss words when I fly out at 6 a.m. You make up cuss make words? Make up new cuss words. What, what does that look like? Are you able to share? Is that um, you wouldn't dignified? Know, you wouldn't recognize them as cuss words because they're <laughs> just... I speak in tongues. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just... I'm kind of joking. Yeah. I really don't make up new cuss words. But yeah. it's just like when you fly out at 6 in the morning, you're like, why did I do this? Yeah. However, however, this particular flight to New York with Lily waking up, Really, really early. I didn't feel that this time. Is it direct? It was direct. It doesn't have to be, but it was. It was. About ten years ago, I started saying, "If it's got a direct flight, I'm going to pay the extra. I'm going to, you know." Yeah, that's what happens when you get old, Grant. Yeah, we, we <laughs> haven't we haven't flown in a while, but layovers are just sometimes just. I used to love it. I used to love layovers. Yeah, you have to ask me someday. Like you probably already know this, but like I used to make it a game to see how many um, like extra ticket vouchers I could come home with. Mm. Let me just tell you a quick story. Okay. You ready for this? Yes. I was traveling and preaching. We were living in Louisville. I was in seminary. Susan and I were in our first couple of years of marriage. I'm preaching like in North Carolina somewhere. I'm flying, I'm, I'm flying home and they, I can't remember where I was flying home from flying home. They come on and they make an announcement if anybody on this flight is willing to take a later flight, we'll give you vouchers, you know, yada, 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 you know, to mm. such and such. So I go up there and I say, I'm interested. Can you get me to Louisville tonight? So they start typing away on the keyboard, you know, and they're like, well, we can actually give you a cab ride. Like I was in Charlotte and they were like, we can give you a cab ride down to Raleigh or, you know, something like that. Something like that. It was like, yeah. I don't know, like an hour and a half yeah. cab ride or something, you know, I think that's right. Yeah. And, um, uh, and we can put you on a flight to go there, there, you know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. So, so I get like, like a $200 voucher or like a $400 voucher. I can't remember what. Mm. Uh, and then a cab ride to the other airport, you know, boom. And then I get there. And then for that flight, they come over the intercom. We're looking for somebody to take a later flight, you know. So you're and, just getting uh, vouchers. You're just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're not stressed. I feel like people like, I'm not stressed flying either, but you're like, I'll, I was I'll delay it. Just give me yeah, some money. Solo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, turns out what happened, and I can't even remember all the details. It's on an old blog post. Um, uh, I ended up coming home with like maybe $800 worth of vouchers. And I actually, because of the flights and the way they rerouted me, I actually got home to Louisville earlier than I was supposed to get home on my what? original flight yeah, with all the vouchers. That's insane. Yeah. Are you one of the people who, as soon as the plan lanes and oh, the, the do, plan do you stand or the, was, the, the plane lands, <laughs> uh, sip some more of that coffee. Yeah, I know. Right. The plan lanes, the, the plane lands. And then like, you're the first person up, even if you're like, and start getting your, your luggage from the overhead carry and, or do you wait? That That's my beef with flying is like yeah. the, Plan lanes. <laughs> the plan lanes. I'm going to be struggling with that today. Did you know I said fart twice in my sermons two weeks in a row? You weren't a real lifer yet. No. but I, I was going to say last week. No, you it didn't. It was dreadful. Did you just get roasted for it? More I mean, so than singing? I mean, people were kind. Okay. But I was so humiliated. Two weeks in a row. I was trying to say the phrase, we fight for margin. <laughs> fight for margin. And it came out, we fart. Yeah. And I was done. Okay. Done. Were you Daniel? Were you there then? Did you, were you there? I Did you hear that? Okay. 
the plane lands. Yeah. And like, I, you know how you, uh, the, yeah. the ding unbuckle sure, and about. then people just instantly stand up, even if you're like your mid row and they start getting their baggage as opposed to like, I stay seated yeah. until and just wait, wait until people so file off. Yeah. Cause I think people get just super like territorial when they're traveling yeah. and like, yeah, it gets kind of weird. It's weird you, versus like just chill. Like yeah, you, you always s- have that one overly aggressive person. Yeah, it's like an eighty-year-old woman next to him. He's just like <laughs> elbowing her so he can get up and get his get his luggage. But okay, I feel like there's a lot of things to maybe make fun of you for saying fart, singing in a sermon. But I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this cold brew coffee. So the Sunday night brain dump. You're not a I, fan of the cold. brew I coffee. like cold brew. Yeah. Do you drink cold brew like when it's cold in the mornings? Um, or does it, does it 50, shift 50. to hot? Is this a no, New York thing? No, or? I, no, I will. I will make when it's cold outside. I'll come in and make a hot cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. I'll sip cold brew until it gets really cold. When there's like frost on the car, you switch to hot coffee. Yeah, hot pour over drip yep. coffee yep. or yep. something. Okay, I'm always just amazed at your commitment to cold brew because even even like now I'm like man a hot cup of coffee would I'll make you a hot cup no of no cold brew. cold brew does energize me more I feel yeah. like than than hot brew so but I'd love to hear more I mean you, you kind of mentioned your morning routine which I always think is interesting to kind of get a, a behind oh, the scenes yeah that's where you're talking about the cold brew yeah yeah, yeah. From sorry the brain dump brain dump you mentioned uh, my normal Sunday morning routine is to head to my study early, sip some cold brew coffee, and pray over my sermon. But since last yeah. week, this past week, we didn't you didn't have a sermon. You did the interview, which yep. we'll talk about later. Um, kind of what I just, I would love to just like walk us into that moment of you maybe sermon prepping or what that looks like. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. I'm, well, <clears throat> um, we could talk at length about sermon prep. I actually have a meeting with Clay today where he's trying to map out his sermon calendar for the next year. Yeah, it's pretty excited about working with him on that. Um, let me let me just say this: like since God called me to preach when I was eighteen years old, um, I have been in a constant posture of learning mm. how to do it since then until now still so i'm always learning i'm always trying to get better i'm always trying to improve like i it is my craft and i want to perfect it to the glory mm. of god i god's word is worthy of being served yeah so we can preach in a way that serves the word and, and that's what I want to do. I want to preach in a way that serves the word. I want to preach in a way that serves the church, serves the listeners. Um, certainly preaching is rewarding and fulfilling to me, but that's not the purpose of our gifts, mm-hmm. the spiritual gifts that God's given us. Um, uh, so I, uh, yeah, so Sunday morning I rise early. What's and, early? Uh, five. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah, it just helps yep, me. Yep, yep. I rise early. Um you know, it might be four forty five or four thirty. It might be five fifteen or five thirty. Okay. Typically. But average five, five is usually it. And and it kind of depends on how good I feel about my sermon. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. normally feel good about your sermons? Or are there some just like, man, Lord, this uh, was normally. A, okay. uh, normally, normally. You know, there's some sometimes so yeah, so sermon prep. Um, I read through the text. I want to get a sense. I just want to get a sense of the text. Mm-hmm. I want to meditate on the text. Um, 
but I've been doing it so long, Grant, that it's it's often hard, honestly, to look at a text and for it not to begin to open up into an outline. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to dig into a text. There are some there are some scripture texts in genres that are more difficult for a sermon outline to open up. But in particular, Paul's letters, like we're preaching through Romans 8 right now, yeah, they open up very, very, very quickly. Much more quickly to me than like a big chunk of narrative. It's a lot, you've got, it's a, it's a lot different kind of work. Anyways, so, um, you know, so I try to get going Monday morning in that, in the text for that week. Um, this year, this calendar year, I had the most successful prep, sermon prep that I've ever encountered mm-hmm. in December after Christmas, running into the new year, December 28th, 29th, 30th, or maybe like 30th, 31st, you know, first, I went to Tampa, holed up in a, like a hotel room. It was like an Airbnb slash hotel. And with the goal of mapping out like the book of Ephesians wow. outlines, um, and I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be six months ahead, mm-hmm. but not until this year have I been that far ahead. And I didn't get six months ahead, but I was a solid like six weeks ahead with outlines. And that made the preaching prep on the weekly basis thrilling, mm. absolutely thrilling, because I'd done the heavy lifting of mapping out an outline of, okay, what's the structure of this text? What's the flow of this passage? What's the big idea? What are the, you know, what are those hangers? You know, anyways. So then, and and when you do that, here's what's beautiful about that. Now now your brain is kind of a sponge where you start bumping into things in life that that drop into those categories Mm -hmm. where you've already done the prep, so now you have this conversation with this so-and-so or you listen to this podcast or you watch this show or you experience this parent doing this thing at this ball game or whatever it is. And you're like, oh my gosh, that fits perfect. That's in like contextual. It, it just starts yeah. dropping into your outlines, right? Mm-hmm. God starts writing the sermon for you, essentially. When you do the hard work of outlining it, all these illustrations and examples start dropping in. Anyways, um, so, so all that to say, uh, there are weeks, there are weeks that I do not feel good about the sermon. There are there are weeks that I'm working on it in the weekend, you know, mm. in a way that I wish I wasn't. Um, you know, it, imagine like a bull. You get it by the horns. You're trying to wrestle it to the ground. Sometimes it it it, it just goes to the ground really easily. That it just opens up, you know. And that's what you pray for. Mm. My real goal in preaching is to meditate on the text in such a way that I come out of the meditation with a burden, mm. with a clear burden of. I must declare this. That's what I desire stepping into the pulpit every Sunday is this sense of I must declare this. Is there an exhaustion associated with that? I that I I, I think anyone listening should yeah. be extremely encouraged by that because I think I'm always like when I hear any pastor, I'm like, okay, are they is this just some they could have pulled that from the internet. Chat GPT could have written yeah, the sermon, you know. Right. Um, but hearing like each week I'm like meditating, I, I want this burden to share. Yeah. How is that in regards to just 
like exhaust that could be exhausting yeah well it's it's as ex- it, it's as fueling and rewarding as it is exhausting mm. so it's it's both and you know the meditating on the text absolutely lights you on fire it's where my enthusiasm comes from you know the bible says he who has been forgiven of much loves much mm. so i'm already coming to the text with this overwhelming sense of i'm an undeserved sinner you know like i yeah. do not deserve god's grace and oh my goodness um yeah, I think the uh, there there are some mechanics. There are some mechanics that if the structure isn't clear, it can be tiring working out the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you're talking about in terms of the the meditation, and really, you know, it's almost like a volcano. Yeah, you know, like it, it's like it, it just gets pressurized, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that image is in my head because Alex Martin shared it Sunday. Yeah, in one of the in one of the services, but it but the sermon text is in, uh, prepping a sermon for me is very similar to that in that it's it's just kind of you know it's it's simmering all week long and then on Sunday it just explodes. Um, but here's here's the tricky thing. Here's the tricky part. And I haven't talked with a lot of preachers about this, so I don't know if anybody else's experience is similar to mine or not. Um, but the longer you sit with a text, the more insight comes. Mm. The longer you sit with the text, the more ideas come. The longer you sit with the text, the greater illustrations come. You know, so so you your outline might be done on Thursday, but unless you just turn it off, the insight just keeps flowing. Yeah, right. Like, and and I can't I can't turn it off. So John Piper once said, "All of life is sermon preparation." I feel that in my bones, yeah. you know, in my bones. I don't think I feel it in a way that like annoys my family, you know, and I don't feel like I'm like annoyingly always talking about it. But it, it's always going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what what happens often for me is I don't procrastinate in the preaching prep, but it's it's the opposite. Like I get ahead on Sunday. I mean, on Monday, I'm meditating on the text. Well, the longer it simmers, the more insight comes. So you can imagine you got fresh bursts of insight that are coming Saturday night. You're already done with your outline, but it's like, oh, how do I work that in? That's a better illustration than what I've got. You know, like all these Mm -hmm. things. So the Sunday morning rising early for me really is like, I described it once as like taking the the cake out of the oven and putting the icing on top, mm. right? It's like, okay, the cake is done, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna top it off. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, it's dangerous to ask me about preaching, Grant. I like it. I I'll it just might have start been talking and just look out. Yeah, I I love it. I think anyone listening should be extreme. I'm extremely encouraged. I think hearing just that insight and just I think that's what anyone wants a pastor to be doing because. Again, I think Pastor, I heard, um, I think, I don't know if it was Jackie Hill Perry, but she mentioned, because she goes on podcasts all the time, and she's like, and same with John Piper, mentioning like, it's such a gifting. Like, I can easily just like, oh, I can easily craft a sermon and hit my three points and support it with, you know, everything and have this great sermon, but like, they, they emphasize this importance of, like you said, meditating and prayer and just really like seeking the Lord in that so that it doesn't become just this fleshly skill. Yeah. I'm a good public speaker and I can right. craft a sermon easily and I can right. teach it yeah. well, but this like visceral, emotional, you know, groaning that yeah. Um, yeah. is good. Jonathan, you, Jonathan Edwards yeah. used to write about 
he would guard his diet so that what he ate didn't disrupt his study of God's word. Man. Like, so that what he ate didn't cause him to be lethargic mm. as he's coming to the text. I'm not there, <laughs> you yeah. know, but I love that as an example mm. of, man, there is so much room to grow mm-hmm. in terms of how, you know, where I'm approaching. And, and what I find, and this is not surprising, but, you know, the, the more you're willing to give to it, you know, the more rewarding it is. I will say this. I will say this. Oftentimes I will ask guys to preach with short notice. And the reason I do that is because first experientially, one of the most powerful, seemingly powerful sermons I I, I preached. Um, My pastor in college called me on Friday night and asked me to preach on Sunday night. It might've been like Friday morning, but asked me to preach on Sunday night. Yeah. And I said, yes. And, and what happened over the weekend was I came to the Father with such a fresh, mm. intense dependence that the Lord honored that dependence. And I didn't have time to overthink the text. Yeah. I didn't have time to overthink it, right? And and so, um, so what I find sometimes with new preachers and young preachers or old preachers that are new preachers is that if you give them too much time to prep, They'll just overthink it. Mm-hmm. And one of one of the most common things that young preachers experience is they feel the burden to say everything about a particular topic if that topic comes up in the sermon. I mm-hmm. felt it. I felt it like crazy. I felt like I had to nuance everything to death and yeah. to make sure everybody knew I was in this theological camp yeah, and not yeah. that theological camp. And don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, rather than just understanding, like, I'm giving these people a diet over a long period of time. And I, every sermon doesn't have to be a home run. Every like sermons can be singles. They can be base hits. But what I need to be most interested in is what kind of diet am I giving them over the long haul? So think mm-hmm. marathon, not sprint. Um, that That's with the privilege of preaching every week. I can think that way. You know, you know, when, when you and Daniel Cox get up there to preach, you know, you know, you're going to be like, all right, this is my first time to preaching ever, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, um, you know, you know, it's like, you've got so much you want to say. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, anyways, you, you've got a podcast. I do. Right. And yeah. That's what a, tough... a great outlet. Yeah. Is God is showing you these things. I, I mean, you have, I mean, God has birthed a ministry out of you just being willing to go public with what's the overflow of your mind and heart. Yeah. Am I am I yeah, describing yeah. that accurately? And what you said is always tough of left and right lateral limits of yeah. you want to talk about something, but then you're like, oh, I guess we could go down this rabbit hole and yeah. I'm going to go explain my entire stance on predestination and free will and then right. versus, you know. And so, but really like flexing of like people probably going to have some questions maybe, but just driving to that point um, – which yeah, is always always tough, um, but yeah, the the YouTube channel is it's a fun hobby and yeah. fun. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You call it a ministry. I just yeah. started it, yeah. um, and it's always just fun. Yeah. Um, to, I love it. To flex. give us that again. I know, folks. I, I actually shared it. Your one of your clips from it's it's the better word HD. The better word HD. Yeah. The, the better word HD. Find. 
<laughs> find Grant's thoughts on Instagram, the Better Word HD, or on YouTube, right? Yes. And, and harass him when he speaks heresy. Please, please do. <laughs> I need it. I um, another story for another time. But let me, uh, let me give one. Let me let me put a bow on this preaching yes. question. So one of the things that I got into a habit of doing is taping my notes inside my Bible. Yeah. Um, in preaching without a podium and pulpit. And, I, and Jonathan Vinson gave me a lot of encouragement when I started doing that. Um, I, I, think, I think it increased an intimacy connection with the hearers. Mm. Sometimes I miss a good podium. Sometimes I miss being able to like just lay notes out and preach from the podium, and yeah. I don't miss it in the way that I don't feel like I could do it. Um, like I don't feel like I'm allowed to do it. Like I could I mean, bring a music stand up anytime, yeah. you know. Um, but I've experienced such freedom in preaching God's word, and it's forced me to do a little even more heavy lifting um, in my prep because my my preaching approach is so extemporaneous. I have marching orders and notes, but not a manuscript. Mm. But it's like, okay, if you're going to be extemporaneous in this way, you better have done the prep work, you know. Yeah. Anyways, I just it's you know, I feel I feel like Samson like every every mm. week. And what I mean by that is I feel like God God could take that away any single time. Yeah. Like so um, I just want to be a clean, useful vessel mm. before the Lord. There's been plenty of times that I've not been, and that is that is grievous. It's so it's such a grief mm. when you know you're not where you need to be in your own personal holiness, mm. and yet you're communicating God's word. You know. Yeah. So, anyways, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Brain Dump, you said, Susan and I were the recipients of great grace this weekend from dear friends. It is so good to receive grace. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. Well. If you can. Yeah. No, I can. I mean, I can tell you a little bit. Um, um, we just, we found ourselves in a situation where we felt like we had failed mm. some friends in a severe way. Mm. And... Uh, the essence of grace is that it's undeserving. Like that's the nature of grace. So we felt that to the core. We felt our need for grace. And so we sat down face to face and confessed our failures to mm. them and said, we do not expect your forgiveness, but we ask for your grace mm. and your forgiveness. And they gave it. And, um, it was it, the the circumstances around the situation, and I don't intend to be vague, but there's just other people, you know, involved that I'm, you know, seeking to protect. Yeah. Um. The the experience of receiving grace, feeling so undeserving, it just stunned us. Mm. It just it just stunned us so much so that the day after. I'm going to shoot this man a text and it's like, I typed the text out and you know, it's like, okay, what, you know, what's an appropriate thing to say? So I've got this paragraph text out, you know, and I'm deleting them, adding them, deleting them, mm-hmm. adding. And I'm like, there's only one thing to say. And all I said, I deleted it all. And I just said, I love you, brother. Mm-hmm. And and then, and then as I reflected on it, I was like, 
Yeah, isn't that like a beautiful response to God's grace? You mm-hmm. know, like when we receive God's grace, what can we say? Well, I love you, Dad. I love you, Dad. Yeah. I love you, Lord. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I you know, yeah, we're just really thankful, humbled to the core to be such yeah. recipients of grace from friends, and yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm not sure where we're at on time, but and I can ask Lily this next time I see her. Um, One more brain dump question. What you got? I'm just curious about the knockoff purse experience in Chinatown, <laughs> unless we should just hold that and ask Lily in person. But you, you should definitely the- ask Lily in person to get her perspective. When we, uh, you know, so Susan and I spent some time up in New York, living up there uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey. She would go into the city a couple days a week. I would go into the city a couple days a week for work when we first got married, the year we got married. Anyways, long story short, I graduated seminary in 2007. And we convinced all of our family to go to New York City on a family trip. No kids, just adults. So my two sisters and their husbands and my mm-hmm. mom and dad. Have you met any of my family yet at the church, Grant? Not at church, but I met a, a large amount, I think, at the football game. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Yes, you did. Um, well, anyways, when we were there, we went into Chinatown. And they back then, they would, like, take you into a back room, you know? Oh, wow. And, like, and then open up this secret door and, like, here's thousands of purses and knockoff bags and all the stuff, right? So we did that. And while we were down there, evidently the cops came and all the people that were selling us the stuff totally freaked out and they locked the front door, you know? And so my dad, you know, he was absolutely freaking out being locked up in Chinatown. You know, he was halfway yeah. nervous being in New York anyways. And um, so there was kind of, there's kind of this like infamous story, among my family about being locked up in Chinatown, you know, mm. and how a few of the family members reacted. And I was probably one of those that, you know, was kind of freaking out a little bit. Uh, and um, so Lily and I, you know, we start walking to Chinatown, you know, and so finally we're like, okay, let's find the bags, you know? So there's somebody on the street corner and they got like a little card that's got pictures of the bags on it. And they're, you know, saying, you want a bag? You want a bag? You want a bag? Mm. You know, we're like, no, no, no. So finally we're like, okay, Hey, we're, we're interested. And they're like, okay, follow me. You know, so then they start walking down the sidewalk and you're following her like, where are we going? We don't know, you know. Anyway, so so we go around the corner, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like down at, down an alley, you know, and, and they, they take out these cards and they're like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You know, and we're like, can we go in the room so we can see them? And they're like, no, 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 you got to, you got to show us something. So Lily identified a couple things she wanted on the card, you know, or she was interested in looking at, you know. And so there they go, you know, they, they go off. And we were hanging out on the sidewalk and, um, and you can kind of tell on the sidewalk, there's three or four other people that are doing that. And mm-hmm. they've got a couple other folk tourists, you know, that are, well, the guy comes back and he's got them in the bag and he's taking them out. And as they're, as he's showing us, these two cops come walking around the corner, you know, and, um, you know, they're selling these knockoff, you know, purses, which I'm sure is illegal because they're pretending to be a brand that it's not yeah. right. So it's, you know, I'm sure that their business is illegal in a hundred different ways. I don't know. Anyways, um, well, around come the cops and, and they all freak out, you know, so the, they immediately like stuff the bags back in and then like walk off like they're not doing anything, you know, like staring out in the middle of nowhere. And here we are going, uh, you know, so we just kind of start walking off. Well, they're, you know, they're scared they're about to lose a sale, right? Yeah. So then, you know, as the cops go past, you know, as soon as they feel good enough about the cops being gone, they're like running after us, you know 
pulling them back out of the bags. And so, anyways, we got her a couple little things, knockoffs, and no, no bust, no, no, no huge bust no, or sting no, that no, y'all were a part of. No, no. It all the, the whole situation almost fell. It almost felt like it was a joke, like in the sense of it almost felt like you were in a movie mm. where. They had rehearsed the cops are going to come around the corner and the ones selling the bags yeah. are going to freak out. And, you know, like you almost felt like you were like funny. right in the middle of something that they had rehearsed a hundred times. She got her which, Broadway show. Yeah. A little rehearse. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. funny. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, how amazing were, was Alex and Kayla's testimony Sunday? Yes. Why don't we come back and chat about it? Holy really cow. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. We'll be right back. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And we are back. Grant, this past Sunday, Alex and Kayla Martin shared their story. I interviewed them a little bit. Um, yeah. Had you met Alex and Kayla before? No. Uh, Lauren has met Kayla. They're in the same community group together. Nice, nice. Uh, but I have not met them, no. Yeah, so that was great. the first time. Yeah. Let me just get your first initial takeaways. Like, how did the Lord use their testimony to encourage you, to speak to you? What struck you about their story? Yeah, I... I mean, it's always just, it, it. it's a hard story to hear, but it's also like an encouraging story to hear. And so, I mean, we talk about, we talk about fall break and just that kind of stress that it was in our house. So it just really, you know, for our family who have, you know, perfectly healthy kids and we can find ourselves getting complacent and you know, like you're encouraging us to not to compare the sufferings. Um, so it was just, it was encouraging to hear the response of just something. I can't imagine how hard it would be to take, you know, one of my kids to a hospital regularly and experiencing seizures and medications and just going through that. Um, I couldn't imagine like how hard that is, but for the response to be like, leaning into God more and leaning into Christ more, which is always just so encouraging. Um, Cause it's like, what hope is there outside of trusting in the promises of Christ and trusting in, you know, a, a resurrected body and a redeemed body and stuff. And so, yeah, we were both Lauren and I were extremely encouraged and, and my, my, I, myself, I can get very complacent and, and discontent and, all of these things. And so it's always, you know, um, that's why like Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. 
um, yes. not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So an indirect, like, I mean, it was direct to the congregation, but like me receiving a direct stirring up and encouragement from just this incredible, hard, raw story and testimony of just a like man yeah we're we're thankful for that story to just build the church up in just such a unique way to where each person i'm not sure how everyone else received it but me and lauren being able to just receive that and that's going to be like we're going to know that story for the rest of our lives and just like this this example of dependence on god that it's like man i i hope i can i hope i can imitate them as they're you know imitate their faith as they're you know, leaning into God in this tough situation. So that was like my initial reaction to that incredible testimony. Yeah, yeah. It's been such a massive privilege to watch their faith on display from the start when they first, before Enzo was even born. Yeah. And um, I just, I feel deeply, you know, after they gave their testimony after the first service, I just went and put my arms around them and just wept because of the pain that they've endured in the victory of their faith, mm. the faithfulness of God to walk with them tenderly, to sustain them, sleepless nights, exhausting days. You know, were you in the first or second service? First service. Okay. In the second service, I encourage you to go back and listen to this. In the second service, we posted both because of this. They 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 kind of gave a little bit of different okay. details. I saw that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So on the second service. Um, Kayla gave more details of what caring for Enzo was like, you know, being his feet, getting him everywhere, you know, feeding him all these things, the seizures that, that he has regularly. Um, Alex shared about, you know, punching holes through the wall in his anger, you mm-hmm. know, and I, one of the things that struck me the most is when Alex said, God used this trial to confirm my faith. Mm. It's like, wow, wow. You know, the Bible talks about our faith needing to be tested. Yeah. Right? James James says, you know, consider James, it pure joy. Yeah. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, the testing of your faith, it produces this steadfastness. Mm. One of, Grant, one of the great things that the church is missing, that Christians, modern-day evangelicals in North America are missing, is this spiritual grit the virtues of perseverance and endurance is so lacking mm. in the church at large. And I think that's what I love about Alex and Kayla's story so much is that it's such a powerful picture of these missing virtues of endurance and perseverance. And, um, you know, we, we, we lose the fact that our faith needs to be tested, that our faith needs to be refined and, and we lose the fact of it. And so if we don't even know that it's a fact, we're not even valuing it, mm-hmm. right? It's not a value for our faith to be tested. Like we don't appreciate it. And so so hearing Alex say that the trial confirmed his faith, I just like, I was like, yes, yes. Mm. That was so good because you just, you know, it's, it's like in our posh, comfortable North American, you know, yeah. everything, um, you know, it's in Alex even referred to this, you know, like in his own experience, but it's, uh, uh, to, to, to walk through suffering and to, to feel the nearness of God shaping you, sustaining you, 
in, 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 in strengthening and shaping your faith. Um, I mean, he said it's like one of the best things that's happened to mm. them, you know, and man, what a testimony of the greatness of God. Yeah. What a testimony of the greatness of God that, that, that what you and I might look at and go, I have no idea how, uh, how I would, how I would make it mm. through that. And they're like, and they're like, this is one of the best things that's happened to, you know, and so I just give God glory for, you know, how he has sustained their faith, their courage, their testimony, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. is I like the, yeah, you mentioning grit and it is just a, you know, referencing James one, two through four of like how, man, like it's just such a counterintuitive thing to look at like Alex and Kayla's situation and be like, man, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. And, um, so yeah, it was just extremely encouraging. It's always encouraging to receive an example, you know, whether it be reading other believers' autobiographies or just hearing stories of just like, man, it's always just, it is such a pivotal part of like the body of Christ as we're being built up and building each other up of just hearing these stories of just grit and being built different. Like I think BD. Yeah. BD built different. Yeah. And the most like probably superficial thing I was like convicted by, I was like, and they're working out every single morning. I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, (laughs) not to compare, but I'm like, super lazy and like ah, I'm a little tired. I didn't get as much sleep as I wanted right. and I skip a workout. I'm right. like, man, right. they're just yeah. it's just so encouraging to see yeah. people built, you know, just that grit of no, I have yeah. the spirit of the living God dwelling yeah. within me and I'm going to count it joy because I trust that my Father in heaven is using this to mold me in just such a unique way yeah. into the image of yeah. Christ. Well, I think piggybacking on the idea that we we should not belittle our own pain by mm-hmm. comparing our suffering to someone else. That's true. Yeah. However, we should consider the example of others. Yeah. And be inspired by their example. Um, I believe it's I believe it's the author of Hebrews that yeah. that challenges us to to consider the example of faith. Perhaps it's in Hebrews eleven through this yeah, I think hall of faith, right? Yeah, I think it's Hebrews twelve. Yeah, it's Hebrews eleven or twelve. But yeah. yeah, it's considered the outcome yes. of the faith of their faith and imitate yes. them. Yes. yes, the author of Hebrews uh, describes all these people as, I think, men of whom the world is not worthy. Mm. And I've used that with Kayla and Alex in the past. I've described them of that, you know, either in a, mess, a text I sent them or you know, like. You know, you you are you are of those whom the world is not worthy just because of their consistent faith enduring suffering, um, and um, yeah. So I, and, you know, the Apostle Paul says, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." Right. So I think that there is a uh, there there is that impulse where we should look to the example of others. So so perhaps there is a you know there there's a comparison that takes place of. Does my faith imitate their faith? Does my mm. faith um, mirror their faith? Am I, is my perseverance living up to what I'm seeing in these other Christians? You know, so so I think that that's part of you know the the text that you quoted in Hebrews of you know not neglecting to gather together mm-hmm. so that we can stir one another up. That's exactly what's going on there, right? Is so we hear these testimonies, and and we want to imitate that kind of. That kind of faith, so yeah, 
I love that. You're digging into the word. What are you pulling up there? I don't know if I can find it on the fly while we're recording, but I'm pretty confident it's somewhere in First Thessalonians 4 as Paul's commending, which I think I want to read Thessalonians, by the way. But Paul, I was encouraged. Someone gave me this encouragement uh, a few days ago. Um, and so it's just cool to see, like, we can imitate their faith, but there's also this, we get to look at um, Alex and Kayla and we, we see God teaching them things directly. And like, so that's what Paul says to the Thessalonians of um, like, he mentions like them being taught by God how to love one another. And Paul, like you mentioned, reiterates like imitate me as I imitate um, Christ and, you know, be imitators of those that have shared the word of God with you. And so he has this emphasis on imitating elders and people of the faith but there's also this phrase in First Thessalonians four of just like I didn't teach you that, like God taught you that, and so being able to look from the outside looking in of just like man, and then trusting that for my personal walk that like God's just going to yeah. teach the God of the universe is going to teach me things in such unique ways. Thank you, Lord. That you know Freddie T can never teach me. That right. my wife can That's never right. teach right. me. That no one can ever teach me yeah. but God Himself. And so it's just like. Yes. Cool to see that example up on stage with so good Enzo and so Alex and Caleb. Good. Yeah, so podcast listeners, if you guys have not yet watched or heard the service from Sunday, make some time to do it. Um, number one, so that you can know this dear family who, who who is a part of our church, their story. Yeah, so you can pray for them, you can encourage them, you can love them well, um, and uh. But also so you can be inspired by their story. Uh, Be sure to watch it on YouTube or pull it up on the podcast. Alex and Kayla, you guys are rock stars. Thank you for reminding us that we are BD, uh, built different. They've got a scenario where they say they just look to each other and go, BD. It means we're built different. We can do hard things. we got the Spirit of God living in us, right? So they're claiming those promises of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His grace is sufficient for me, made perfect in my my weakness, right? Mm -hmm. And... um, when we did our huddle up at the end of the morning, our staff huddles up and um, uh, Clay, I think I, I can't remember if like Tim asked Clay to preach or anyways, Clay just said, Hey, can we do this? Like real quick. Can we just like all hands in, in BD on three, you know? Let's go. Yeah. It was so fun. Right. I mean like how life giving is that when you, um, you hear that kind of thing. So Alex and Kayla, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep going. We're praying for you. Grant, a couple things that are coming up at real life. Um, we've got, uh, we have Lauren Davis's baby shower yeah, that's the right. last Sunday in October. So Lauren Davis, our baby super K director, she's my assistant. Um, she is pregnant with her first child, Eleanor and, uh, she and Alex, we want to celebrate them. Um, so we're inviting everybody in the church to bring them a gift. They're registered at target and somewhere else. Amazon. Amazon. Thank you. Yep. And um, so bring them a little gift before the service, in between the services, after the service in the Bowling Alley Lounge the last Sunday of October. We've got fall retreat for students lined up. Um, They had like 110 students at the bonfire. So cool to see God growing that crew, you know. Mm. Um, But uh, let me just say this. If you're listening to this and you're a parent or you're anyone that influences students, um, make every effort to get them on the retreat. Mm. Um, let me let me put it to you this way. You may one day regret that you did not prioritize these kinds of opportunities to get your kids away from the noise, mm-hmm. turning the volume down on the world, turning the volume up on the Lord, 
um, but you likely will not regret sending them to get away with the Lord with other students. Um, let us know if ex- if expense is a challenge for you. We don't want that to stand in the way of any student. Um, they're uh, they're gonna they're gonna be gone two nights. So those you know those that are like like my son who's a football player, um, they can go up late that night or then go up the next morning and still have a rich rich mm. experience at the retreat. So they'll be doing their own Sunday morning worship at the retreat. The students will. That's coming up in November. Uh, get them signed up today. Let us know if you have any questions about that. Um, if you've not been by the land, we've got folks with uh, all the pipes that are Let's going go. in. Utilities. It's, yeah, it's so exciting to see uh, all of that going up, going up. And uh, this Sunday we'll be back in Romans eight. Um, just the next little, just a couple of verses about how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. I'm so fired up about that. And uh, Grant, any questions about anything going on in real life? What you got? Anything I missed there that you know about? I don't think so. I think yeah. you covered it. Yeah, excited for the baby shower. Excited to hear how the fall retreat goes. Yeah, I can't. I just can't help myself. Let me close out by asking you this one question. Yes. Um, uh, you've been married how long? Four years. Four years. Do you guys have any Thanksgiving <clears throat> traditions yet? Us as our own family, you and or your little inherited. family. Unit. Let's start with you and your little family unit. No. Okay. Have you inherited anything that like, do you like attach into either one of your extended families? Uh, Turkey bowl, flag football on Thanksgiving morning. You guys play as a family? Oh my gosh. I like, are you serious? I need to start like warming up and training. It's, it's on. How many siblings do you have? So I have three siblings. Is it with your family or what's with Lauren's family? But my family's been grafted in. Are you serious? So your parents come to the Turkey bowl? They come, they don't play, but like kids will be on the sideline. It'll be kind of, you know, my, me, you know, my, my brother-in-law. Um, so he got kind of grafted in to it. And (laughs) so it's, 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 it is fun. How many siblings does Lauren have? She has five biological and four. Four adopted, Beza, Nathan, Seaside, Asphalt, so four. Holy cow, how many teams, how many football teams do you guys have? We just do two. Okay, full on. So when people will sub in, I mean, mean, I'm 30 now, so I get gassed after, and I do no stretching, so I'm (laughs) playing like quarterback and trying to be like Michael Vick out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you want to hear a funny story? Yes. So we did that once or twice on Thanksgiving, family football. Mm. My mom broke her finger, and my brother-in-law, Scott, broke his rib, like cracked a rib. That was the last year we played football. <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. My mom's finger was all like janked <laughs> oh up. You my know. Gosh. All right. Hey, man, I love you. Thanks for being on the podcast. This was good. Yeah. And uh, have a great week. Podcast listeners, thanks for tuning in. Grant, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.